Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Hello, animal lovers, and thanks for listening to another episode of Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. We're having a little bit of a streak today. Um... I'm Dr. Karen Lewis. With me is my co-host, Dr. Roger Welton, and our streak is we have two guests in a row, two podcasts in a row. Very exciting because you don't have to listen to just us talk anymore. We actually have a a third smarter person. So, uh, Dr. Roger, I'll let you do the introductions because you guys go way back and have at it. Thank you very much. And uh, how are you doing up there in Illinois? Has it warmed up a little bit? Yeah, it has. It's actually quite pleasant. Good. So, I'm glad to hear it. It was like <laughs> god awful for a while there. Then my condolences, but I'm glad you're doing better. Um, so, yeah, we have on the show with us this evening Dr. Jeff Christensen. He's a surgical s- specialist. So that requires, I believe Jeff did two, uh, a general residency, a, this is after vet school, a general residency, uh, not a residency, general internship, a, then a, a year of surgical internship, and then three years of residency. And then you have to get published. Then you have to sit for uh, testing, and then at some point you become board certified once you go through all that. It's pretty easy, you know, no big deal. Um, Jeff, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. You've actually been on before, uh, Karen. He's been on before when it was just little old me. It made me very excited to have one other person to talk to. You had a warm body to talk to. I yes. did, indeed. <laughs> and and, and we, did, we didn't do the whole Skype thing, so we couldn't see each other. So this is all, this is all really good stuff. Um, so, Dr. Jeff, we're, we're talking to, tonight about regenerative medicine. Can you please elaborate on the premise of regenerative medicine? Then we're going to segue into a little uh, study you're doing that's, that's uh, related to regenerative medicine and stem cells specifically. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, platelet-rich plasma. But why don't you enlighten us a little bit about regenerative medicine and, and what it means? Regenerative medicine is a whole field, um, and it's really, you know, the wave of the future. Uh, We're basically uh, taking the parts of the body or the cells in the body that are best at healing and and concentrating them and redirecting them to where we want. So, you know, a lot of people are very uh, interested and and, um, in favor of, of holistic therapy, which is which is natural, and there's not a whole lot that's more natural than your body's own own cells, and and stem cell therapy is part of it, and uh, platelet-rich plasma and a few other things are part of it. And uh, right off the bat, when we talk about stem cell therapy, I just want to clarify: this is not embryonic stem cells; these are adult-derived stem cells. They're they're primarily uh, designed and uh, used for treating uh, arthritis, quieting down inflammation. They are uh, used for treating inflammatory bowel disease, some uh, inflammatory or other disease conditions in uh, kidneys, heart, uh, lungs, helpful in, uh, in, in trying to treat uh, cerebral infarctions and strokes and, and things like that. So, all right, so so not embryonic, and that's an important distinction. Right. You're actually harvesting. So the the stem cells come from when you say the adult stem cells, where, where they're they're coming from the patient themselves, right? They're coming from their exactly, fat. yeah, right. Yeah. So how, how do they harvest so those? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. There, there's a couple different ways they're harvested from. Um, I'm most uh, experienced with doing uh, adipose derived, and that's fat and. Uh, Fortunately, most uh, most pets have an ample supply of fat that we can easily harvest, and it's a minor surgical procedure. Uh, we just take a sample of their fat um, anywhere, depending on what we want. Um, it could be as little as 5 or 10 grams or, or significantly more, and we harvest them. They're taken uh, surgically, sterilely. Uh, sent uh, priority overnight to uh, the, again, whichever stem cell company we're using, um, uh, and they will process them back and uh, 
bank the doses that we want, or I'm sorry, bank the doses um, that we're not going to be using, ship the doses that we are going to be using, and we may be doing uh, injections directly into the joints that are affected with arthritis, as well as uh, intravenously for a variety of other problems. They tend to um, target the locations um, that we're wanting to treat. So those are the goals of what we're doing. Uh, the, the stem cells are also banked for life so that the patient never has to have another surgical procedure to harvest the cells again. Um, they're just preserved. And, and even if you use up all of the bank doses, they can clone or not clone culture out additional cells for future injections. So do you, um, are you, har- when, after you harvest the sample of, of the fat, is it a third-party company that you send this to for processing to kind of extract the stem cells, and then are they the ones that store it, or are you doing right, all this in-house? Right. There, there's, there's some places that do it, um, that they teach the people to do it um, in-house, and there's other places that have you send it to them, and, and uh, I'm, I'm much more in favor of, of having it sent to a company that, you know, completely specializes in this and has, you know, completely sterile uh, technique and rooms and experience to do that. When they do it in-house, um, I've just, just as an example, I've seen a video of someone doing that where they're just demonstrating how to, you know, process it out in their treatment area, um, which is not uh, particularly sterile. It's the there's, same place you do anal glands at, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Airborne, and and I I would not want those products injected into my veins or joints personally. Uh, so so I'm I'm much more in favor of a, a company that uh, has a, a serious stake in, in quality control and uh, you know um, examining the samples microscopically, running uh, stat cultures on anything they think is suspicious and feeling extremely confident that anything they send you is, is appropriate and safe to send and to treat the patient with. That's uh, that makes perfect sense to me. I, I'm fully on board with that. I was actually uh, uh, pitched by one of those companies that, you know, sells you all the equipment and teaches you how to do it. I'm like, where would I do this? You know, I yeah. Was, that's it, so scary. Yeah. It just, it, I was, I was, thanks, but no thanks. Oh, and by the way, it's only a $7,000 investment. And then you can do it all yourself. I'm like, nah, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know what's cool about this episode? We're going to talk about regenerative medicine, and then we're, obviously we're already getting an insight into it. But we're also going to learn a little bit about an FDA trial. Uh, you're involved in this trial. I know you, you, you know, because of the constraints of, of the study and, and the importance of keeping the information uh, pretty under a lock and key, so to speak, Uh you can't expand too much on it, but there's there's some things you could talk about that I think are just fascinating. So, uh, let, let, tell us a little about your study. Right. So, yeah, exactly as you said, I'm going to have to be uh, somewhat vague, and I certainly can't make any claims uh, about uh, the the um, effectiveness of things because this is the purpose of the study is uh, hopefully to to prove this to be. Uh, safe and, and effective, but uh, it's, it's from a company I have uh, a lot of experience and a lot of confidence in, and uh, it has a lot of advantages. Um, for one, uh, the patients involved in this, and this is a treatment for arthritis, is, is the purpose of the study. Uh, for one, the patients do not have to have surgery to have the stem cells harvested. Uh, the What we're doing, it's actually called allergenic stem cell therapy and allergenic means it's being used from one dog to treat another and again i cannot comment too much on um on uh and tell you i can't tell you that that is is safe but uh, i have uh confidence in the company and uh this is this is basically the final step to getting it available to the clients. The so other so wait, primary, could, if you could sum up real quick, you're just you're taking the surgical part out of it, basically. Right. So yeah. the patient does not have to have surgery to harvest their fat. These were taken from the the this company has found 
uh, a a select population of of one dog who has of all the thousands of pets they've sampled um, through the surgical process, the one dog or the one line that has the the very best stem cells, uh, most uh, robust. And I, again, I, I guess I can't comment too much on that, but <laughs> they are uh, they are harvested from one pet. And then they are cultured out into an unlimited number, uh, and and we're talking stem cell doses in the millions um, for each dose is having uh, millions of stem cells in it, and uh, these are injected into the into the pet's joints with the goal of helping with arthritis. The other uh, big advantage um, is that because there's not surgery. And because this is the official FDA study to make it available, it is also fully funded by the sponsors of the comp- of the study, meaning there is no cost to the client. Uh, so they come in, they get, uh, I examine them, I make sure that the pet is otherwise healthy, doesn't have uh, significant medical diseases that are going to interfere with the, the evaluation over time. So a pet could have a disease that's regulated and controlled. They could have epilepsy. Oh. They could be a controlled diabetic. They could be a, uh, a hypothyroid or, or something like that that's treated and controlled where we don't affect, expect the pet to deteriorate over the next six months, which is the duration of the study. And then I uh, confirm that they have arthritis and, and pain um, and we're typically looking at uh, one to two joints affected, one or two, not more than that. And we're looking at hips, elbows, uh, knees, and shoulders. Um, so not we're not treating back problems or, or wrists or, or ankles. Um, and then we take a set of x-rays to confirm that the pets have arthritis in those joints. We do blood work and urine uh, urinalysis or urine evaluation to make sure, again, that they don't have any other underlying medical problems. This is all covered by the study. So free free health screen, free blood work, free x-rays. And then if that's all confirmed, then we do the joint injections to follow. And then the clients come in three more times over a six-month period. They also receive um, some phone call interviews. And, uh, and that's, that's pretty much it. Um, it is a placebo-controlled study, meaning 50% of the pets in the study are going to be injected with a control, which is just saline. Um, but the, the really cool part of the study is that those pets who receive the placebo, at the conclusion of the study, they're informed they received the placebo, and then they're given the opportunity to have the stem cell therapy for free. So these injections, do they have to be put under anesthesia every time or sedated? Because I would imagine injecting into a joint is a pretty dicey thing. Yeah, they are sedated. We give them a little dose of pain medication. Um, we have a combination of products. There's a sedative and then a pain medication that lowers the amount of sedative they get. And then we give them, after the joint injections, we give them uh, you know, the reversal to take the sedative out. So... Uh, we're we're pretty experienced. We're we're pretty uh, uh, efficient with this. We we sedate them and we inject them. Uh, the injections. A lot of these pets are are both joints. Uh, injections in both joints typically taking something like forty five seconds, and then uh, the pet is reversed and recovered and and back up. They're not actually anesthetized. They're just they're just sedated. And they're sedated for a couple minutes, usually. Right, that's really cool. Uh, got a couple of things I, I forgot to mention. Uh, the, the name of your surgical service, uh, D- Dr. Jeff Christensen, does surgery in a number of clinics, including mine, where uh, when we have highly technical procedures that require the expertise of a board-certified surgeon, his company, Superior Veterinary Surgical Solutions, will come in with his all, all his own you know, high-tech equipment and everything set up right in your OR and get some really uh, high-end surgeries done there. 
But this particular study is being done at the animal hospital of a mutual friend of ours, Dr. Matt Corris, uh, Island Animal Hospital at Cocoa Beach. So I just wanted to make sure everyone knew where this was going on, give you a little plug there. I think it's just amazing that this is happening right in our, right in our county. Really, really cool. My other thing is I wanted to bring up is, and I, I always wonder this, and Karen, I don't know if you've ever wondered it, <laughs> but you always, you always see the placebo control, and um, I'm just wondering why the necessity for placebo, because dogs don't have placebo effect, right? I mean, they're, they're not going to... But owners can. <laughs> is it the owners, then? It's the owner... Yeah, because yeah, it's all yeah. owner perception, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, 50% of the pets get the placebo. And I guess I can't, again, I can't comment on, on owner feedback. Um, but in, in other, other, um, studies, not necessarily stem cell studies, uh, you'll see, you know, say a patient gets, uh, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug for arthritis. And they'll say 90% of the pets receiving the drug were improved. And then they'll say like 50% of the pets receiving the placebo were improved. Um, and that's what you typically see in studies like that. So believe it or not, even though the pets wouldn't know about it, the owners, they're excited by the study and uh, they want to believe at least. So, yeah, the placebo is, is to, to show that there's not bias. And it's, it's blinded to me and the technicians helping me do the injections. So we don't know and we won't find out until the the study's concluded. So blind to you too. That's yeah. that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. Any follow up on that, Doctor Karen? Well, I was just—I don't think you can answer this, but I was just thinking: Do you have some dogs that are just doing so amazing? You're like, okay, you've got to be not a placebo and get in the real one. And you know <laughs> what I mean? Or, you have some dogs that are like, totally thing. sucking it up. <laughs> right, and you have some pets that are you know so severely affected. You're like, oh. Please don't give this one the placebo. <laughs> right. you know, give this one the but you don't you know you don't you don't know, um, and uh, so you see that. Uh, one other thing I forgot to mention about the study, and I was I was talking about it before uh, being uh, you know free to the clients. Um, not only is it free, but there's actually a incentive for the clients to to come in and do the the five visits and to do they keep a little journal. Um, of any bad events uh, or, or positive events that happen uh, and to do the little phone call interviews is actually a $250 incentive that they pay. So th- this study is, is win-win. And, and not even, if, if, if you had to exit the study for some reason at some point, they will also, uh, if you've been compliant with everything up to that, they'll give you a prorated payment on that. So it's win-win. I mean, there, there, there certainly is some risk with sedation and joint injections, but um, inexperienced hands and as, as, uh, as set up as we are to do this and with pets sedated for such a brief period of time, um, you know, I, I just feel really, really good about the study. I'm very excited to be part of it. If you ever wonder why drugs are so expensive, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, they're not only covering the screening, you know, and every all the costs there, they're... 250 bucks for your time as well to do some interviews and you know that's that's what that's what they got to do you know and, um, I, I'm sure they're a little more expensive than they need to be not this particular company Jeff <laughs> not this particular company you know I'm referring to others of course but <laughs> I think it's so neat yeah. how this is actually you don't have to harvest the dog's own cells which is a whole yes. another anesthetic procedure you know um, when you're describing this the first thing I thought of was HeLa cells um, which you know in the human world HeLa cells are a very famous cell line that back when biomolecular biology days um, you know that that people would use in papers and stuff and this this sounds like the doggy version of HeLa cells um, do you guys know what HeLa cells are? Never heard of it. I'm not familiar with that specific term. No. Okay. Well, no, it was named after a lady. It's actually cells from this woman's cervical cancer, TMI. But um, anyway, it's a cell line that's used for a lot of cancer studies because of these cancer cells that, like, don't die. And they reproduce in culture very well. And so there's some somewhere someone has them. But, like, researchers all over the world are using the same cell line. And that reminds me of this about how we have this one cell line from this one dog. And now that one cell line can actually help 
all these other dogs. You know, it's like that's why I said it's like the doggy version. Anyway, I digress. Right. Just re- well, people that, who have yeah. heard of Pelos so are going to I'm talking about. So these, <laughs> these, um, I, I can't tell you too much, but these were from a young, healthy dog without cancer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, helpful <laughs> and, uh, in your case. Both. And um, you know, they, they, the dog was not sacrificed. Um, the, uh, oh, cool. the dog um, got to spend uh, under supervision, but got to spend the the, the post op. You know the period after it and uh, before it was, uh, you know, whether adopted or, or um, you know, fostered out or whatever, but got to, you know, run around, uh, you know, the ranch and, and got to spend time in the, the um, you know, the owners actually uh, took care of the, the, the people um, with the sponsors actually took care of the pet and everything too. So it, it's a, it's a feel good thing too. Very nice. So, so that's very, very fascinating and STEM. So I'm, I'm, can we have you back on when the study's published? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I am I am chomping at the bit <laughs> to talk about this study. <laughs> I'm so enthusiastic. It's so great to be a part of it. But, yeah. again, um, because it is the FDA study for to, 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 to test for safety and effectiveness, I can't make any comments uh, or share any opinions about how safe and effective I believe it to be. Of course. That makes perfect sense. But what we can talk about is another branch of regenerative medicine, and you can get really in-depth on that, which which is great. Uh, platelet-rich plasma, a.k.a. PRP. I've been hearing a lot about this. In fact, my uh, good buddy, have you met Dr. Danner Zinniak, my orthopedic surgeon friend? Uh, he, he, human, though. He's on the you know, he one of the real doctors. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he's uh, a real paycheck. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like and a, a real paycheck. A real doctor with a real yeah. paycheck. Yeah. Uh, he's like he's a an renowned, RD. Yeah, an RD. Dude's like a renowned, like, it's amazing. He's my high school buddy. He's like this renowned sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon. Did work with the Baltimore Ravens and University of Virginia. I'm like, is this the same guy I grew up with? Uh, no, really smart guy, but he, he does a lot of PRP. Uh, which, which you know, I've only heard about on the veterinary side, but apparently you, you've you've been involved in some of this. Could could you start to elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, I've, I've been doing um, you know both stem cell therapy and and uh, platelet-rich plasma for uh, several years. And, and again, when we say PRP, that's what we're talking about. So your platelets, uh, you know, as, as a lot of people may be aware, are your clotting cells, and uh, they're very rich in growth and healing factors. And so what we do is we take uh, a blood sample from a pet, and we filter out the platelets, give the rest of the blood back to the pet, and then we'll inject the platelet concentrate into where we want it to go. So we may do it uh, a patient who has a a, uh, a ligament tear that we're um, surgically putting the ligament back together, or perhaps they have a partial ligament tear, like a strain or a sprain, and we're going to, you know, stabilize them somewhat and then inject the, um, the PRP, the platelet concentrate, into those areas to speed up the healing. And uh, it's also beneficial in um, quieting down arthritis, so you can inject it into the joints. And uh, it can be used to stimulate the body's uh, healing and ability to fight infections and things like that. You have like a big abscess that's necrosing some tissue. You can go in, clean it out, flush it out really well, and inject the, the PRP in there. And, uh, you know, with the therapy we have right now, one of the things um, that's uh, a big draw with PRP is um, it's, it's so much less expensive. The, the preparation is nothing like, uh, you know, with the stem cell therapy. And we are just doing this in-house. It's all contained you pull it from the patient just like you would have blood drawn by yourself. It never leaves a sterile environment. It goes from one sterile syringe um, into a sterile filtration sin, uh, system and then sterilely harvested from the filtration system. So it never leaves that sort of environment. So I, I do feel like it's uh, you know, safe there. And then, um, like I said, we're injecting it into, into arthritic joints. We're injecting it into uh, damaged ligaments. Uh, we're injecting it into muscle tears. Um, that you know, dogs, horses, a variety of different animals. I'm primarily treating uh, dogs and cats. And then um, it's uh, you know, there's not an anesthesia required to 
to harvest it, um, maybe a sedation to inject into their joint and inject into them. And it takes minutes, you know, it, it's about 20 minutes for the filtration to occur. Um, and, uh, and then it's an outpatient procedure that can be done. So it has a lot of the same benefits. It's, it's certainly a big part of the regenerative medicine. And it's one of the things actually, you know, uh, uh, platelet-rich plasma does some things. Uh, stem cell therapy is used for other things, and then the two um, in combination um, seem to have an even greater effect than either one alone. So I use them in a lot of my knee surgeries, um, and particularly, you know, uh, everyone wants to do stem cell therapy, but it's not always um, feasible for them financially. But the PRP is often something that's that's uh, feasible. Uh, another thing, um, and stepping back just one second, back to the stem cell therapy is, um, in, in, you know, in veterinary medicine, uh, the a lot of the insurance companies, because um, uh, you know that it's been used <laughs> used for so long, and 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 people have been so pleased with the results, the insurance companies um, actually pay for stem cell therapy. And people, oh, I'm sorry, and, and uh, they pay for the people to have it for their pets. Yeah, wouldn't bet on people. <laughs> don't, yeah, they don't obviously don't do it for people. Um, but uh, you know, again, I, I can't say that it's effective. But you can um, you can make your own conclusions if the insurance companies are paying for it that they wouldn't be doing that um, if they did not believe it to be. There's always Dr. Google as well. Take a look. That's right. 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 (laughs) Well, I was actually at a seminar that talked about uh, PRP a few months ago, and one of the big problems that he mentioned was the difference in companies or techniques of filtration gave you vastly different results. Because the thing is, you don't want white blood cells because you don't want to be injecting white blood cells, which is more inflammation. And some of these companies, there's this chart that really hit home because it was about some some procedures in some companies you'd get hardly any platelets. Some you get platelets, but you get white blood cells. And it was there was really no one that had the perfect combo of no white blood cells and a whole bunch of platelets. So, what's your experience with that? Yeah, uh, and and actually that is all under debate. I was at the um, the National Association of Veterinary Regenerative Medicine um, seminar a few weeks back. And uh, one of the one of the greatest things to hear was uh, when um, one of the leaders in the field spoke up and said, "He said, so how many of you had uh, something that you knew was true in science ten years ago that now you know is not true?" And uh, so there's studies going on where they're they're looking at PRP, they're looking at it with white cells. They're looking at it with select cells. They're looking at it with injections and combinations with specific cytokines or, or you know, the, the, the cellular factors and things like that. And a lot of the studies are, uh, you know, very research-oriented where they're taking cells out of the body and injecting them and treating them and measuring these levels and making conclusions about those. But we don't necessarily, we think we understand what they're doing. You know, when people first started using stem cells, they thought that the stem cells were going in and rebuilding, that the stem cells were turning into new cartilage cells and new nerve cells and things like that. And they're not really, we're finding they're not really doing that. They're, uh, what what we're you know the goal of and what we're trying to do with them is is more you know retraining the body how to heal and how to you know promote the positive portions of inflammation um, and uh, downgrade the negative portions of inflammation that cause pain and tissue destruction. But there's a lot that's unknown. Um, the studies that are interesting to me and I can I can. Uh, um, I, I sit there and I, I hear a lot of these these things, and I remember back to my vet school days with you know all the different um, cytokines and everything we learned about in immunology, um, 
And, uh, oh, Joey. How can I forget? Yeah, right. It's interesting. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. The, the, studies are, the studies are interesting to me is, is when they say we had these horses um, that uh, had uh, extra do- exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage, and they're, they're bleeding after races. They have their, their airways start bleeding after races, and we gave them this treatment, and, uh, you know, 11 or 12 of them, the, the bleeding stopped. Um, so, you know, that's different fields of, of therapy, but, um, that's, that's, what's interesting to me. And we don't, like, we don't know why horses, race horses develop bleeding in their airways. We can theorize about it, but we actually can't prove it. No one knows. And, uh, so we do a, a study and it may show a benefit. We don't know why it works yet. Um, but, uh, it's, it's really a, a promising field. And again, um, you know, people, people are always worried about giving drugs to their pet and all the side effect of drugs and, you know, natural holistic therapy is, is, um, you know, something people are very much in favor of and, and, uh, this is about as, as holistic as it gets. So when you have your, yeah. uh, we, you know, that, cause there's two different kinds of holistic, right? There's like. And we had an episode last week on traditional Chinese veterinary medicine. That was very, very interesting. A uh, mm-hmm. lady who's certif- board certi- well, certified in it. I don't know if they call it board certified, but she did the whole Qi Institute and all that. And there's that whole, you know, it's very, very herbal, very earthy. Uh, we're talking about uh, the, the different... Uh, the the chi the and flow and the yin and the yang. Yin and yeah. the yang, yeah. It's very, it's very. Um, I don't want to say hippie because that doesn't really do it do it justice. But it's very earthy, very Let's zen. Say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, <laughs> right? and and I, and I believe in it. I see the efficacy, right? Um, but this would be the I would call this high tech holistic. And you know, you see a lot of folks that really want to. And, and when I say folks, I'm referring to clients that they, you know they come in and they're all about. They got you know. The, the pets wearing magnets and uh, they put uh, turmeric in their food every day and, and they're all about just on the, the next natural thing that they can give their pet. Do you find that those owners are on board with the high-tech holistic? Are they considering it as holistic as they would consider, say, an herbal uh, an herbal, herbal supplement they would get from their TCVM practitioner? Well, I, I think um, there's probably a, a population of people who are really averse to the idea of surgery on their pet. So to surgically harvest them is, is, a, is a concern for, for people sometimes. And um, so that, that's, that's one issue. But, but, yeah, I mean, people like it when you talk about it. And sometimes they like, well, I don't want, you know, my knee, my dog's knee cut into, and I don't want this, this implanted into it or, or this, you know, replaced with something artificial. I want my body's, uh, my dog's body to heal. And, and um, you know, while we're 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 not realistically, you know, wielding say a torn cruciate ligament, which is the dog version of the ACL, um, you know, we're just quieting down the, the 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 goal is quieting down the inflammation and the arthritis and the pain and getting the pets to to feel better. Again, the goals of what we're doing, and and people do seem to be in favor of that. And I, I think there's, um, you know. Again, people who are are against the surgical repair that will go for this, and I've I've done um, you know both. Well, I guess I can't say that, but but you know whether they've had surgery on their knee or um, whether they haven't had surgery following a torn cruciate ligament, um, both of those types of patients would be uh, would qualify for the study. They're just. Um, uh, you know, they have to be three months out from either surgery or from the injury itself. Interesting. So, because um, I was thinking most people who want, like, the alternative therapy or the holistic therapy, maybe this is me being the cynic, but um, it seems like, you know, an herb that's nineteen ninety five plus shipping isn't a big commitment, you know. And so yeah. I think a lot of people are like, hey, yeah. I'll try that, cool, versus what you're talking about is like a major financial and time commitment too. And so I think it, it, it's a, I think it would be a different client, you know, who would want right. that then. Cause I have a lot of clients like, Oh, I got this herb and my friend told me to try this. And I'm like, Oh, well, can't hurt, you know, but right. I don't know. I've, um, so what, 
I know like when I hear of PRP or stem cells or anything, I think arthritis, that's my big thing. Uh, I have a friend who's actually using uh, stem cells IV on her dog for its chronic renal failure or chronic kidney failure. So um, in terms of stem cells or PRP, what are the more like non-classical uses that you are using and finding success with? Inflammatory bowel disease is a big one. Um, really? That's, that's, uh, they've done, there's been studies and, uh, and, and people with Crohn's disease, um, it's, it's something that's used with benefit for that. And so that's kind of the counterpart of the, you know, the severe ulcerative colitis and the severe types of inflammatory bowel disease. And, uh, um, you know, uh, pets have been treated with that. And so is uh, it given IV for that disease or yeah, how do you treat it's it? I, it's given IV. Okay. Um, and, uh, um, the, you know, there's no surgery to harvest. And, 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 um, you know, in some of the studies they've done, they've just gone with symptoms. You know, they've, they've had like internal medicine specialists who feel comfortable, you know, with the basic diagnosis of, of IBD. And, uh, they're, they've maybe done like say, you know, the PAR test to, to try to rule out lymphoma, the, an IV blood test to, to make sure that, they don't think the pet has cancer, but regardless, they've treated pets with symptoms rather than surgically going in and taking the biopsies. And uh, they've had, you know, very positive uh, effects and also had it placebo-controlled where the patients getting the placebo were not getting the same benefit. There's uh, an ongoing therapy or a study um, in, uh, and not, not related to this one, but with, with chronic kidney disease um, in cats, um, and also they have some experience with dogs with acute and chronic kidney disease. And, uh, they're, and to, to maximize the efficacy, they're actually injecting them into the, the renal vein or the kidney vein. Oh, wow. Uh, or, or artery. Um, I'm sorry, the artery. Uh, but um, they're, they're, um, they've done other studies and, and done it just with IV, uh, IV dosing. Um, there are, uh, you know, studies and case series they've done where they've had um, patients with uh, cerebral infarction or a stroke where that would um, typically, um, you know, if you have a, a stroke, that part of your brain, you know, kind of dies, necrosis, fills in with blood clot, and you don't really regenerate brain tissue very well. It's just other parts of your brain learn how to take over. And, and this is like a rat study, um, but they did uh, stem cell injections to patients correlated with a cerebral infarction, and uh, those lesions filled back in with nerve tissue. So um, how many treatments so, are involved in those? Are we talking just like one single IV injection, yeah, or is it a series yeah, that you have I to do? It's, I believe it's a single wow. IV injection. They're doing that sort of thing. Um, and uh, like tying off, uh, and, you know, research is research. We learn... From it, um, and they've had uh, pets who would have uh, uh, an ischemic crisis to the leg. So, uh, if a person threw a blood clot into your femoral artery, you might lose your leg. Um, so they they have uh, you know patients that have had that sort of injury as the control, and the same sort of injury that are receiving stem cells, and uh, those patients develop rapid collateral circulation and save their limb. And again, these are rat studies and, and things like that so you know there's differences but uh all kinds of fields uh they're working on liver um as i mentioned there's the um the exercise induced pulmonary hemorrhage in horses uh, they're trading and they're even looking at um like asthma I'm, I'm actually considering doing it for myself i've had this chronic bronchitis um chronic cough uh my wife um has uh has had uh, some surgery on her feet for some, um, you know, progressive uh, destabilization and, and um, dislocation, and uh, has some pain. And uh, one of the things they've, um, yeah, again, I have to kind of watch, I guess, what I what I say. But there's there's there seems to be um, uh, other benefits beyond just the local therapy. So not just affecting the joint, but affecting other parts of the body, um, such as some of the pain receptors and that sort of thing. 
So what about side effects or potential complications? Like what if somebody says, okay, tell me all the bad things that could possibly happen or that you've right. seen, what would you say? So, uh, you know, certainly general anesthesia is always going to carry a risk just like in people. And, you know, um, in uh, most high quality uh, veterinary clinics, um, doing a pretty, pretty impressive level of, of patient monitoring um, including preoperative testing to make sure they're not, you know, at risk for diseases and uh, um, having an IV catheter, having them on fluids, blood pressure monitor, blood oxygen, ECG, all that's, you know, pretty standard in high-quality practices. Um, and we use a combination of, of different uh, sedatives and pain medications and so forth to minimize the effects. But, yes, there's, there's still risk of any anesthesia. Uh, lower risk with any sedation, but there are risks with that. Um, anytime you're doing uh, a, a, um, a joint injection, um, it is theoretically possible to push bacteria from the skin into the joint. Um, it's all, you know, we're doing a, a clipped prep with a, a sterile surgical scrub. And, uh, you know, we're doing everything aseptically and, uh, um, you know, they're, they're uh, not having, um, you know, significant problems with that. Uh, as far as like immune reactions and, and things also, um, you know, risks are pretty low. So, again, this, this study is to you know, prove the, uh, hopefully prove the safety and efficacy of that. So I can't say that it's safe and effective. Um, but again, uh, it's something I use commonly, um, with, with confidence and a clear conscience. And, you know, when you really quantify, it seems like, (laughs) it seems like the biggest risk here we're talking is anesthesia, right? And, and I'd, I'd like to, kind of put some put that into some perspective because you look at a, a a busy general practice like 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 my practice we're doing four to five anesthetic procedures a day and the lion's share of those are dental cleanings <laughs> you know and and so that's how comfortable we are with anesthesia and that's how safe it is and i can't rattle off numbers but i'm going to knock on wood quickly before i say this Loss of a pet to anesthesia is exceedingly rare. You know, again, we're cr- cranking out all these dentals, you know, dental, 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 you know, knee surgery there, bladder surgery there. But, uh, you know, from the anesthesia itself, again, with all the bells and whistles and the things that a good quality practice, uh, I think a good starting point is an AHA accredited practice. AHA is mm-hmm. the American Animal Hospital Association where you're doing everything by university standard, and that's how you get the accreditation. It's voluntary participation. I, I'm, you know, I, I think the, the the risk is is ultimately very very low, and if that's really our main risk here, when you look at the greater body of potential complications, I I'd be very comfortable with that risk. Yeah. Exactly. Just... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, and and I was going to say of all the things you mentioned, the one thing you didn't mention is is the quality of the anesthetic uh, technicians or nurses um, and the experience, you know, in doing that. And having all the monitoring on these patients, you know, um, we're we're basically figuring out, um, you know, the the using a combination of medications so that we have the least, you know, the lowest doses and the least side effects from each medication. And the 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 nurses um, are experienced enough to keep the pet just deep enough so they can't feel pain. And can't uh, and aren't aware of what's going on, um, but keep their all their vitals as strong as possible, uh, or as, as you know as good as possible. So, um, again, yes, I, I agree a hundred percent. The risk is is extremely low, but just like if you or I go in for a surgical procedure, they're going to have you sign the forms, and that is it is a risk. It's it's just it's it's low, and and for uh, you know patients with severely affected you know arthritis this is a real promise for them because my concern was with it not being autologous cells and not being that 
dogs own cells, <clears throat> excuse me, but foreign cells about having hypersensitivity reactions, you know, or allergic, or allergic reactions. So I think it, I guess it speaks highly of the level of purity you probably have, you know, in your um, cocktail or mystery. I know we can't talk about it much, um, you know, but because uh, it just seems like, you know, think about like transplants or anything. It's a big flipping deal right. to make sure they're compatible. And there's no compatibility issues here, is there? You can just give everybody the same one. Right, right. Um, yeah, and and it's it's an issue. That's I have the to hope, dance anyway. around. That's the hope. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to I have to dance around that issue a little bit. Um, You're but, a good dancer. But, it's okay, but a- absolutely. Um, you know, uh, um, and this is this is not experimental therapy. This is not a new thing that we're doing. Um, this is the final. This is the final step to prove to the FDA. Uh, hopefully, that it's safe and effective and uh, get it on the market and make it available to clients for their pets without surgery and um, at a fraction of the of the cost of what you know current therapy is. How, how long are we going to be in suspense about the, the, the results? Number one, number two, if the results are good, how long to market? Do you know, are you privy to any of that? Yeah, uh, so the study I, should be um, able to enroll new clients through March. Um, I believe I believe that's going to be the end of March, um, but uh, they, they just said through March. Um, and then there's six months of monitoring afterwards, uh, and then that will be the study, you know, wrap up and concluding and take – uh, a few months to get it put together. Uh, I've heard anticipations of another two years after that for the FDA to approve things and get it on the market. Um, I think we're all pretty aware that um, the government is not always the quickest uh, <laughs> with with things. So, uh, you know, it could be as early as like three years from now, um, but it may be a little longer. Um, and, and until that time, um, you know, the autogenous, the surgically harvested one um, is, is uh, you know, the best therapy we have available. So, yeah, I, I, and, uh, that, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great as getting done. Yeah. If, if you don't start yeah. now, it never gets done, but a little, right. little disappointing. But, you know, it is what it is. The wheels of government, uh, they don't they don't spin very quickly. Any uh, any any final thoughts here, Dr. Karen? It's amazing how time flies when I'm interested. You know, oh, like, I know. So, so are you saying that when it's just us two, you're not interested, or what was that? Oh no, know. you're very you're very you're very interesting. But you know, uh-huh. it's it's always you and I going back and forth, and it's like <laughs> it's cool because we we chime in with our own uh, questions and and curiosities, and uh, and then and and, it, and you, you look and it's like wow, it's been almost an hour. Pretty amazing. Yeah, but yeah, it's got moly. got any final comments there? No, I mean it's it's why it goes by is is I'm I'm very enthusiastic yeah. um, about this. I'm I'm very excited. I'm I'm so uh, um, pleased to be part of this and so thankful for the opportunity um, from the sponsor company and and from Island Animal Hospital to make this possible. Um, and uh, again, the the quality of the staff uh, they're they're excellent. Uh, they are. Uh, constantly concerned about uh you know uh compassionate care and the best care for the the pets uh they're they're uh efficient they're they're extremely talented they're proactive um problem solving um and uh you know it's it's been great it's it's been uh every every aspect of it uh with with uh the um the exception of all the paperwork you know and it's it's mostly computer work but uh it's impressive. <laughs> Garrett? Oh, yeah. I just think it's cool that we're talking. We went from last week to old, like thousands and thousands of year old traditional Chinese medicine. And yeah. now we're talking about like, you know, 21st century Star Trek stuff and how yeah. both are applicable and both are helpful. And I, I think the whole stem cell PRP thing is super exciting. I've never done any with my personal pets, but I have enough of my friends who are veterinarians that have that. I think the next time I have a pay, one of my own pets has a need that I would actually pursue it because I think we're there. 
One so. thing um, that we have that I didn't mention um, that is available, at least at a somewhat reduced cost, or at least a reduced cost up front, is um, there's you can you can just harvest and bank stem cells for future use. So, say when you have your pet spayed, uh, or have any other you know surgical procedure, you're already undergoing anesthesia. Um, you just take a sample of the fat that they don't need, uh, five to ten grams of it, and can bank it for the future. So then, when your pet needs it, um, you've got it available, and you never have to surgically harvest it from them again. So you can do this when they're a puppy and use it when they're older. Now, the uh, the allergenic therapy um, may just supplant that altogether. But um, for right now, you know, like say for instance, um, cats with kidney disease, um, you know, no one wants to take their 13-year-old cat with kidney disease to surgery to harvest fat for stem cell therapy. Well, not no one, but, but you know, a lot of people don't. But you take your, you spay your cat and you harvest some fat and bank it for the future. And then if they develop kidney disease later, you'd have it. So that's another option. And it's a, it's a fraction of the cost to bank it. You, you know, you pay when you use it. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's a great opportunity, especially since, you know, we're looking at at least three plus years from now to have that technology available to us. Thank you for bringing that up. And, you know, it's funny that I I don't do as many spades and neuters as I used to. And I'm sure... Um, well, because I was just going to say, it's usually the shelter or the rescue doing the spay or the neuter, unfortunately, not the owner. Or the, we got the low-cost spay neuter places now. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's like an assembly line of spay neuters. And um, so I'm definitely not doing as many, and I'm doing them so infrequently that I, I just I forget to have that conversation. Because the services that are available, I was like, oh, I have a spay today? Wow, it's been weeks, months. <laughs> do I still know how to do a spay? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on the program. Um, we will, uh, uh, you know, and Karen, great point. The, the dichotomy of last week to this week. How cool. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's totally yin and yang, you know. Literally. <laughs> There's a place for both of them. Absolutely, there's yeah. there's you know great benefits, and both of them are are, are things that are um, you know a lot of the things like you're talking about acupuncture and, and things like that are there's just no no negatives right you know, to it. So that's that's great. All right. Well, thank well, you very much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I have absolutely pleasure. Uh, you're 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 a returning champion. This is three for you now on the show. Any party There's some kind care? of award for that, but yeah, but no. Thanks for coming on, and I think you uh, you broke it down real good for all of us and all of our listeners. And uh, if you guys have any questions, you can actually write into the show. And I'm going to totally throw uh, Dr. Christensen under the bus here. And uh, <laughs> if you if we get enough people with really interesting questions, we might even have them on again. So oh, there, absolutely. <laughs> so. Uh, and you know, like on Saturday Night Live, when they have the the ho- people who've been the host the most, yeah, you know, they have that thing. I'm going to expect a jacket. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I can uh, then then bring in some of the other guys. Absolutely, <laughs> that'll be absolutely. on the table. I'd be happy to. And uh, we can, um, you know, on your on your uh, on this on the site and the link and everything like that. I'll be happy to provide my email if people have questions they want to ask me directly. Awesome. Very cool. We'll You're include that in the man. show page link. Thanks so much for being on. Have a great night, pet lovers. Thanks, guys. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.